Hello, I'm Brian with News Underground, and today I'm joined by Dr. Alan Freed, a senior research associate with INSTAR, with, and he's going to be talking to us about the research he's been doing studying uh, pollutants thousands of feet up. Hello, how are you today? Very good, very good. All right, uh, first question, what are the different organizations involved with the research you've been doing, and what is your role in all of this? So, so I uh, uh, started this project and, and directed it, uh, I wrote the proposal to the Colorado Department of Health and the Environment. And so this is a, a project involving the University of Maryland, University of Maryland Research Foundation, obviously INSTAR, and a corporation in Boulder, it's actually a Swiss corporation called Topworks. And so this is a consortium of these different groups. Uh, and our thrust is to measure uh, pollutants uh, on the University of Maryland's Research Foundation Cessna aircraft over the Denver-Julesburg Basin. So it's a basin that runs from Denver up into Wyoming. So it's a, uh, a basin that's rich in oil and natural gas. And in Weld County in particular, there's something like 20,000 active wells uh, uh, doing fracking and uh, indirect uh, pumping of oil and gas uh, from these different sites. And then there's something on the order of 22, 23,000 roughly of inactive wells that are not actively being fracked but could be in the future. So this site uh, over Weld and Larimer County is a, is a source or potential source of major pollutants, particularly greenhouse gases like methane and some toxic gases like, like benzene and some less reactive gases like ethane. And so we had a, a field study to look at the emissions of these various gases over this basin. So we we're flying uh, uh, selective flights uh, upwind and downwind uh, of, these ba of this basin and trying to, to look at or quantify the amount of emissions coming out of all these oil and natural gas sites. Um, and uh, methane, as you're well aware, is, is one of the major greenhouse gases. It's something that, that President Biden is really concerned with. And uh, it, uh, so it comes from uh, a variety of sources from oil and natural gas operations. And my role, in addition to leading the project, was to provide with my group at INSTAR measurements of ethane. And ethane is important because it comes along for the ride with methane. So anytime you have oil and natural gas emissions, you'll produce large amounts of ethane. So you can look at the correlations between the two and you know that you're seeing oil and natural gas emissions. Now this is complicated because the, the basin also has other sources of methane and they're not sources of, of ethane. So you can use ethane as a distinguishing element to tell you where the gas is coming from. So, so for example, there are tons and tons of feedlots and, and uh, consolidated uh, uh, feeding operations where cows and pigs, they will emit large amounts of methane, but not ethane. And then there's also landfills, and any time you have standing water without oxygen, uh, you'll also produce uh, large amounts of methane without ethane. So the role of, of, of ethane is to try to distinguish the sources of, of the methane that we're seeing. So some of that we can control, some of it we can't. Mm -hmm. So.
Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the plane you guys are using? And I, I'd read that you guys had built your own equipment to take onto the Cessna plane. How did you guys go about building that and knowing the specific types of tools you need to use? Right, so we, we my group built an ethane detector, a high-precision ethane detector, and we uh, built it based on specifications from other measurements we carried out on NASA missions where we measured uh, ethane with very high precision. And so we've been in this business for uh, 20 some odd years. Um, and so we know the intricacies of trying to fly an instrument. The, the challenge was trying to shrink things down from a large instrument that we had uh, flying on the NASA DC-8, which is an old passenger liner, to a Cessna, which is really, really small. So very little room to maneuver. In fact, you only have a pilot and a co-pilot, which in this case was a scientist from the University of Maryland. So my colleague, uh, Professor Russell Dickerson, the University of Maryland's chemistry department, uh, he had a student or civil students that flew and uh, kind of monitored the behavior of these different instruments. The other instruments that were on board were commercial instruments to measure methane, carbon monoxide, carbon dioxide, water vapor, and then Toffworks uh, uh, provided a, a beautiful instrument to measure a suite of organic compounds. So that is a, a very nice new technology that they've developed and sell. Uh, so, so that's kind of a, the gamut of the instruments that we use. Yeah. And uh, why is this research being done, or why did you guys specifically choose to do this kind of research? Yeah, so I don't know if you recall, but several years ago, there was a, a fairly large explosion in, in Firestone. Mm -hmm. And that was because of an uncapped methane line on, and two poor welders in a basement of a house were unfortunate and uh, the, the spark ignited the methane and it blew up and killed them. So the state of Colorado filed a lawsuit against the oil industry. And I'm not uh, sure which particular company uh, so they won the lawsuit, so they had a large sum of money that was put into escrow to then prevent such happenings for the future, uh, in particular to look at emissions of, of various gases over the Denver-Julesburg Basin. And so we wrote a proposal, we saw an opportunity uh, to uh, look at, to get funding from this source, and we uh, carried out measurements in the past, seven years, seven years ago, during another study over the same region. And so we were funded uh, to compare uh, how things have changed over seven years. So, um, so are things getting better or are they staying the same? Uh, is the oil industry uh, behaving or are there certain gases that are being emitted that are highly toxic that one has to worry about? And that will affect not only Weld and Larimer County, but if the wind blows in the wrong direction, it could affect Boulder and other counties. Yeah. So uh, are you guys flying primarily over Weld and Larimer County, or are you guys also looking to, to take data in other parts of Colorado? So it was just primarily Weld and Larimer County. So we started out from Rocky Mountain Airport, and then uh, we tried to do selective flights uh, to do what's called a mass balance. And that's a, it's a fancy word, but essentially what you try to do is you look at the winds, and you look at the winds preferentially going from one direction with a, with a fairly constant wind speed. And you look at the winds, hopefully, at different altitudes, and hopefully they're constant in the same direction. 
uh, and you fly upwind of the basin to get an inflow, and then you fly downwind, so you can envision a box around the basin. So you fly downwind, and then you start uh, scaling up at different altitudes to look at these emissions at different altitudes until you get to what's called the top of the boundary layer. That is where things uniformly mix, and then they stop mixing. And so you have this box around the basin, and from this idealized mass balance flight, you can back out uh, emission rates or quantities in terms of grams being emitted of certain pollutants per hour or whatever. And so that's easier said than done because the winds often change and, they're, they, and you get shifts in the winds. So, uh, uh, so out of the nine flights, I think we, we may have a chance at four or five good mass balance flights, but we'll see. So we're looking at the data now. All right. And uh, what kind of conclusions are you and your team hoping to draw from this research? So we're, we're a number of things. So first, we are trying to compare our methane measurements on board the flights uh, to look and to quantify methane emissions and to compare those with emissions that are being done remotely. So there were a number of different platforms used for this campaign. And there was a high-flying aircraft that was looking at the vertical columns of methane, and we're trying to, to compare our inferred columns or inferred emission rates with theirs. And then we're trying to see if things have changed since 2014 when we did a, a similar study. Um, and then we're trying to see if there are any local hotspots of certain gases. Um, so we're trying to aid the state of Colorado in particular to see if we see major leaks of, of gases like methane uh, you know, due to the unfortunate incident in, uh, in Firestone. So we uh, are trying to, we would notify them if we saw something. We didn't, any, any very large emissions of some of these gases. Um, we're also trying to quantify some of the toxic gases like benzene, which is, you know, fairly toxic. And so the, the exact toxicity is still, there's some debate about that, but uh, it's, it's a fairly low number in terms of parts per billion. That, that could be detrimental to one's health. So, and then we're, uh, we're trying to, in addition, we're trying to see, uh, looking at uh, what's called ethane-methane ratios. We're trying to get the relationship between the two, not only to characterize the source of the air, but also to see if there's something that's anomalously large. Now, now I said ethane is a good tracer for where the air is coming from, but also, when it breaks down, we'll produce ozone slowly. So, uh, it, so knowing if ethane is growing or not in time is also an important thing that we, we're trying to study. Okay, so trying to catch those pollutants that are getting into the ozone layer. Well, not not the ozone layer per se, because okay. that that's way high up. So we're uh, so ozone is a strange beast. It it yeah. serves three different roles. Mm -hmm. So at the surface, when you produce ozone, uh, it's detrimental. Uh, in the mid-atmosphere, it's a greenhouse gas. In the upper atmosphere, it filters out UV radiation, so it's actually beneficial. So we're trying to see if, if, so, if there's extra sources of some of these pollutants that will produce uh, ozone. And, and the, this basin, or the Denver Front Range, has an ozone problem. Uh, so we often uh, are, are not obeying the, the ozone regulations that are getting tighter and tighter particularly in the summer months. Okay. So. okay, gotcha. Yep. And are there any other applications that this research could have? Uh, you know, building smaller and lighter instruments 
you can always put them on on uh, other platforms. So uh, to so trying to verify uh, or understand uh, basin type emissions, you can apply this to any of the natural gas basins. So not only over Colorado, you know the uh, there's the Marcellus Shale basins over Pennsylvania, West Virginia. Um, so you can apply. In fact, we've been doing these same type of flights over that region and also over Texas and over North Dakota. So there are, there are a large number of basins, shale basins that uh, have a lot of fracking. And so one could apply the same technology uh, and, and the data analysis approach to these other basins. And so for anyone interested, is there somewhere that uh, listeners would be able to find your guys' results once you guys are done analyzing the data? Sure. If you just look my name up uh, at Instar, so it's alan.freed uh, at colorado.edu. Uh, if you contact me, I can, I can be, I'll sure to be glad to provide results. So it's going to be a little bit, a little while before we, we get the, the results done, but we're, we're making progress. Awesome. Yeah. Right. Anything else you'd like to add? Uh, that's about it. Uh, I think it was a it was a challenge uh, from a number of standpoints, putting you know shrinking instruments down and putting it on the small aircraft. And the biggest challenge is even in the fall, the temperatures in the airplane itself, uh, because of the the tight nature of the of the cabin, uh, and it was not air conditioned. The temperatures got got exceedingly hot because if you have these various instruments, they're generating a lot of heat. And so trying to have good temperature control over your individual instruments is really important. So that was a, a big challenge. So even you know on moderately cold days, things would heat up sometimes in the cabin to over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So uh, it was a real challenge to keep things going. So. Yep. Well, thank you very much. Cool. We appreciate you coming yeah. in and talking about this. Okay, great, thank you.